It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And welcome to the official Superhero Slate review of Marvel's Eternals. Marvel's The Eternals. This it's not The is Eternals. Going to be. <laughs> the, is it, is it no Marvel's The well, Marvel definitely has ownership over it, so it's yeah. apostrophe S in front of Marvel's yeah. Eternals. I was calling it The Eternals. You know, whatever. Facebook yeah. streamlined, dropped a The, just Facebook, but then now it's meta, so it's like Marvel's Meta Eternals. Whatever. Well, uh, Marvel, Marvel <laughs> created the metaverse first. Okay, let, let's all, Facebook is stealing from their, their multiverse. Chris, this is, this is going to be a crazy uh, podcast. Uh, very crazy review as we always say at the top of these reviews it's going to be spoiler free we'll yep. sound the alarms once we get into spoilers but this is this is going to be the first we're going to be talking about a lot of firsts here uh-huh. i i want to say for marvel and maybe in a good way maybe in a bad way i'm not exactly sure uh chris and i are usually radio silence about mm-hmm. these movies before we hop on the horn and start talking about it but I just wanted to say at the top, uh, on our normal weekly news uh, podcast, uh, Chris yeah. set out the PSA of letting everybody know, hey, spoilers are starting to drop. People are talking about this movie. Their review embargoes are up. And that's when I whip out my phone and I start putting muted keywords in my Twitter account. And bam, bam, bam. I put, I put all these things. And then, of course, on Twitter, you have to go to extra mile of duplicating everything because everything can be a hashtag. So you even have to mute the hashtags. So I was like blissfully unaware of all of the Eternals like discussion and discourse for like the last what maybe like week week and a half yeah, something weeks. like that it's been two weeks was it, since was the it review two first weeks? came out yeah <laughs> so I had this very hilarious moment where I walk out of the movie and I'm just like oh yeah I've watched the movie I can take all these keywords off now unmuted and my Twitter account just fell into just insanity like garbage fire it was a nightmare and I was like this is going to be a crazy podcast come Sunday. So yeah. I'm glad I'm at least here with you, Chris. Yeah. We can walk through all of this together because yeah. I don't I don't know if we have ever if I have ever seen this much discourse about a Marvel movie since we started recording this podcast. I would think maybe second maybe Captain Marvel uh, but no, I, I felt I, like would, a, I, I felt I felt like a lot of that stuff kind of washed away after a little while but I would say the very first Marvel movie during our podcast Age of Ultron I believe um okay yeah like, yeah, like I, I we are so far removed from it and it's <laughs> yeah it's in that Thor the Dark World era where it could probably get redeemed this phase because they're probably going to mm-hmm. bring it back and revisit it at some point but like I feel like that was the last time we had something um. Uh, yeah. Like. Like. You know. There's a. I wouldn't say a divide, but there's definitely strong stances. Uh, that are not t- that yeah. are not overlapping. <laughs> yeah, down the middle. and it's it's actually kind of interesting because love or hate Marvel, usually at, at worst they're making a down the middle average movie that you can't put that many um, opinions behind or it just trends up and it's really, really good and you have nothing but great things to say about it. So the sliding scale starts off 
at its lowest, still pretty good. But this movie, if you if you're out there on the internet and you're looking at numbers, ratings, statistics, however you like or dislike to um, rank your movies, is kind of all over the place for this one. And I was honestly. It was crazy. It was crazy. So uh, uh, all this preamble, blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, yeah. Chris, uh, what, do, what do you have to say here at the top of the show? So watching Eternals, um, uh, I think I think something I, you have to preface this. I am familiar with the characters. I am familiar with the stories. Mm-hmm. I've read the books. So I, I know the majority of these characters going into that. So um, I always have to try to remove myself from what I know. And, and hopefully what I do know doesn't ruin it. And I would tell you... Um, there's a there's a point in this movie where I actually didn't know what the hell was going to happen at the at, at the for the rest of the film, and I was just kind of blown away by that. Um, mm-hmm. We we I, again as as we cover news, we cover leaks, we cover stories. We don't get that very often. We don't get huge surprises very often, and that I would tell you that this movie definitely um, had a surprise for me that I didn't didn't see coming. We can talk about that later. I'm not gonna let anyone know what it is. So I, I'm I'm blissfully happy that I that this movie was not ruined completely for me by the end of it, which again is a rarity. Yeah, uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, your perspective too. As somebody as know knows the characters, if you've been listening and subscribed to the podcast for a while, you'll know. I have no idea what any of these characters yeah. are. I don't know anything about it, and uh, I'll have a, a funny anecdote yeah. to, to talk about the first end credit scene uh, when we get to that point in the spoiler cast. But yeah, I was just kind of like, I felt like I I, I sat down and got strapped to like a, an amusement park ride of a property I'd never heard of before, and I'm just kind of going through the ride like, oh, what's what's this? What's that? Okay, what's going on here? Yeah. A lot of lore. There's a lot of lore coming at me right now. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> so it, it'll be interesting to so, see the different sides. Yeah. So all in all, I'm I'm actually pretty positive on this movie. I think you know there are ten main characters. And I, I'm going to challenge Mike to name them off here in a little bit because we talked oh, about no. the show. He's he was told not to pull up a list, so we're going to see if we can do that. that to pull ten main characters in and actually um, have, have, have they each have like their arc, their story. You, you know what their powers are, you know what they're doing, and you kind of care for them a little bit. I, I was actually really surprised that um, the director uh, Chloe Zhao was able to do that. And I, I don't know if she wrote. I don't think she wrote it. I think two people wrote. She this movie. she has writing credit on it. When I was okay. watching the credits at the end, she yeah. is. Uh, but just like every Marvel movie, uh, the script goes through a lot of different hands. So, yeah. at least on IMDb right now, if you, I believe IMDb is ranked based on writing credit with the order. It looks like she has top billing for screenplay. Okay, and then second is a man by the name of Patrick. Bruley and then Ryan Furpo. So okay. uh, there's at least a couple names. On yeah, there. But yeah. I, written, directed by Chloe. Zhao. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I, I think so. So I think that's great. This movie is like what we say two hour, like the third longest Marvel movie. And I'm gonna say, mm-hmm. um, I usually judge a movie's quality by do I look at my watch? Does it feel like I'm dragging on? And this movie did not drag on for me. I, I actually re- really. Um, it, it moves at a brisk pace. There's not a lot of action scenes, but there's a lot of good character moments throughout. And um, as as we've seen from the the trailers, this movie goes between time periods, back and forth, and back and forth. Uh, but all all in all, I, I mean, it took a while to sit on it. Um, I was sitting on it. I'm like, man, there's a lot to digest in this movie. This very, <laughs> I I hate the word dense, but like there is a lot going on in this film uh, all at once because you get like in ten characters at least, and 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 you know what what their what their end goal is, and you know all literally all of the cosmic lore they. Th- 
they they dump on you. So yeah, all I I've, I've got to think about it a little bit more, and I think it'll come out in a conversation. But I'm really positive about this movie. I've, I've really enjoyed myself. Now, will I say this is the best Marvel movie? No, not by a long shot. Will I say it's you know the worst Marvel movie? No, also not by a long shot. I've seen Thor: The Dark World. Um, <laughs> I, I've seen much worse films where it had much worse actors and and writing, and this definitely. Uh, knew what it was wanting to do and knew what it was trying to do and and I think hit it out of the park throughout this uh, thing and I'm actually very very curious to see where this movie goes uh, or at least guides into the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe you know dealing with other um, again these are cosmic powered beings how do they deal with the earth powered beings how do we deal with the cos uh, the 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 people in in the galaxy the guardians of the galaxy the cosmos the, the even stronger uh, powered people so i'm very excited to see where it goes i don't know where it is but overall i walked out of there feeling pretty good um uh feeling pretty good about this and excited to to see more uh, and we'll have more conversation about details as a pro- i'm just trying not to say get anything with spoilers because there's <laughs> yeah. so much here but mm. mike how do you feel yeah overall i would say uh positive middle of the pact right yeah. which usually is not such a drastic statement to make about a marvel movie right but mm-hmm. Uh, I believe maybe when we get into the spoilers, uh, we'll kind of talk about the critical response and the audience rating uh, about the film. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, I think <laughs> dense is an, is an appropriate word. There's a whole lot of lore going on here. Uh, a lot of characters to introduce, too. I mean, like you said, 10 main characters. Uh, what a cast to try to spread uh, across, uh, you know, this like two and a half hour movie, yeah. I think is what, it, two hours, what the runtime was. Yeah. What the runtime was. Uh, I, I got the feeling like a lot of people compare the MCU to uh, a television series. This almost felt like a, a very long pilot episode. Yeah. Like when you get into like a really deep uh, fantasy television show, they're always throwing a ton at you in the pilot episode. And then at the very, very end, you finally get to maybe an action scene and a hook that gets you into episode two. And that's kind of what the ending of it felt like of yeah. just like, oh, now that everything is finally set up, where could this possibly go? I don't think that's necessarily overall a positive thing for a film, but we are in a cinematic universe, so I suppose kind of like how I felt with Black Widow, they did one job that they had to do, which was introduce a lot of characters that we'll be seeing again, so I felt like they did a good job there. Um, I'm really curious uh, if there might have been a more efficient way to kind of tell this story overall it's really hard for me to believe that what they put on screen is really the best foot forward that could have happened with the story um uh i felt like i was a little underwhelmed by um one or two of the Mm storylines uh especially one character that was featured uh i don't want to say heavily in the trailers but i mean outside of your 10 heroes there's really only one other antagonist that's in the film, and yeah. we don't really get uh, a satisfying conclusion with that character, unfortunately. Uh, and it, it there was, I don't know, it just seemed like uh, we could have uh, off-put some of this maybe into a second movie. Uh, we could have streamed out a little bit more, maybe the audience... Uh, and I guess maybe the critics could have uh, enjoyed it a little bit more. But yeah, you're just you're, you're grappling with a lot of information. Uh, a lot's being thrown at you. 
the visuals are stunning. Um, I uh, I love the I love the cast. Uh, I love the performances. Uh, the emotional tone is not something that I feel like we have seen in a Marvel movie mm-hmm. in a while. And I feel, feel like that does come from our now Academy Award winning director. You wouldn't have been able to say that if we reviewed this movie when it originally came out, right? Because yeah. she didn't win the uh, she didn't win the Oscar until uh, afterwards. So we can say that now. Yeah. Um, so I, we do get more of an emotional tone uh, overall. And I, I feel like the biggest criticism I could weigh on this movie overall that maybe could be fixed down the line is I don't know if they proved to me with this story that I needed any of these characters in the MCU or in the cinematic universe. You know, you can build them out, add more stories to them, but I just kept fe- feeling like you know, maybe you could have just took uh, one or two of the really standouts in the story, maybe peppered them in like a a Nova or a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and we could have just like moved on, moved along down the lines because these these characters seem to be very positioned cosmically, especially at the end of the movie. So I just kind of felt like, do we do we really need to add all of this? Uh, this craziness to our MCU. Uh, we're getting very, uh, we're getting very uh, high level, big, uh, uh, on the nose galaxy brain going yeah. on here. So hopefully, uh, I mean, obviously, I think Kevin Feige's got a lot to think about uh, because you know he's beholden to audiences, but also I'm sure he doesn't scoff at critics. Yeah. Uh, so I think. Maybe now's a good time to jump in the spoiler so we can kind of yeah, get into like this whole this whole thing yeah. that we've been uh that we've been not talking about the well, big elephant in the room. Well, right well before here. we do that, you need to tell me the character names. I don't want to get in spoilers without talk without getting in. The oh god. Names. Okay. All right. I'm just gonna tell you right out. I don't know a lot of the names, so I'll go by what I was referring to them in my head. Okay. Well, so you said I have ten, right? Yeah, we have ten. I'm gonna type them out here in our show notes as we go. All right, so we got Selma Hayek. Okay. We got Angelina oh, Jolie. Oh, hold on. So Selma Hayek is Ajax. <laughs> yes. Okay. Angelina Jolie. Yeah, Angelina. Thena. 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 Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Uh, we got um, uh, we got Rob Stark. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we Icarus. got Jon Snow. We got Jon Snow, well, which I think John- technically wasn't in the list. Jon Snow's not in this list. No. Uh, Dane Whitman. We have. Uh, we have. Was it? Pixie or Sprite? What was Sprite. the girl's name? Her name was it Sprite? Sprite. Okay, yep. I, I got that one right. Uh, we got Fastos. Yeah. And the only reason I remember his name because he's not the fast one, That's which right. very confused Do me. You know the fast and that one just thing? means, no, I just called her the fast one. Okay. I kind of re- I was referring to her as Yo Yo in my head because she reminded me of Yo Yo for Agents of Shield. Yep. Macari. And then you got uh, you got the uh, the the squinty broody one. Don't know his name. The one that could control minds. Oh, uh, Druig. Drew, oh yeah, he yeah, I kind of remember that name. Kingo, Kingo, Kingel Nanjiani was probably my uh, my favorite part of the mm-hmm. film overall because he kind of brought in that uh, quintessential kind of Marvel humor. A lot of that I would feel like really came from his character. So who do I have left? I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got two more. Yeah, two more. Oh God, who so, are the so other? So I will oh, tell you, uh, Fisty, Fisty, Fisty McGee. With, uh, he kind of <laughs> yeah, Gilgamesh. That's right. And then oh, the main the, character, oh, the missing? main one. Oh, uh, Green Girl. She was. She had green. green she girl. turned that thing into a tree. Cersei. Oh, sorry. That's that, that's a little bit of a spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. So, Cersei. Great. You, you, we we got through them all. You finally remembered them. All. Yeah. All right. all right. All right. I. How many did I actually get right? Uh, I got Sprite. Uh, I got Fastost. 
I got two. Okay. And Kingo. And Kingo. And Kingo. I'll give you Kingo. Oh, I got Kingo. Okay. Three out of ten. That's not passing. Yeah. That's fine. That That's fine. So you sound like the critics. I did not, you sound like the critics for this movie. Yeah, is what it sounds I like. did not beat. I did not beat the critical score. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. So uh, spoilers for this. We're going to jump into this now. Um, there, there is a divide here. There is a divide between critics and audiences. Very much so. Um, and, and so much that people have called this Marvel's first DC movie uh, as like, as like <laughs> yeah, a joke because that's kind of how, the, how they kind of go here. And I and, and, and honestly, as someone who, who watches a lot of movies and, and we, we do this a lot, the like I don't know how the fuck Black Widow gets a 79% and this gets a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I don't understand the difference because this, you know, is at least swinging for the fences. Like, it's trying to do something. And Black Widow mm-hmm. was like, hey, we made a Jason Bourne movie um, with Scarlett Johansson. And I'm like, I feel like this is really, again, we don't, we don't, we don't, we know what Rotten Tomatoes is. It's not an actual rating for a movie. It's how many people, you know, 50, half of the critics enjoyed it. Half of them did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, 81% of audiences enjoyed it. Um, meaning 19% do usually do not, not, not enjoy it, but like lean under 50% mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Anyway, but there's a huge divide here, Mike. And, and why do you suppose that is? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was shocked because uh, what happens usually when I walk out of the movie theater is uh, me and the wife head to the bathroom. I'm usually out of the bathroom first, and then I'm just kind of leaning up against the wall going, oh, I watched a movie now. Let's go check, see what it's uh, hanging out at uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, I was uh, floored, first of all, to see the green splat, and then to see, I think it was at 58%. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly where it is uh, right now. 48. I think it's still probably in that. Oh, it's even lower now. Yeah. I was honestly shocked. I was like, what, what is going on here? Yeah. Because if you look at the heart of Rotten Tomatoes, you always have to remind people that it's not a 48% as in like you've uh, scored on a test, right? It's not an F. That means uh, that the recommendations of the critics. And I was really surprised to see the majority of critics that see this movie would not recommend somebody to watch it. And it just kind of seems shocking because yeah, it, it's dense. Some people might be able to say it's slow in parts, but I mean, overall I, there's, there's definitely enough in here that somebody could sit down and enjoy it. Yeah. And I, I just don't understand where it's coming from. And then of course, all of the discourse, hot takes and then think pieces come in right you know i see a lot of people that are saying oh it's because she's a female director but then you'll have other people come back and say like exactly like you said well black widow was a female director even wonder woman was a female director wonder woman comparison i haven't seen this discourse yet that's that's nowhere yeah oh it's all over the place and then some people are saying oh it's because she um she's not a white woman so that's why it's coming in here or i've even seen I've even seen some people go to say, uh, since uh, Fastos is uh, is a gay character in there, yeah. it could be that portion of it. And then I've seen like headlines where like Angelina Jolie, that the actress was uh, was defending Marvel, you know, not pulling it for markets because the character was gay. It wasn't just like a one off kiss either, right? Yeah. You can't just cut that scene and then release it into a like a, 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 a you know a worldwide market, right? They 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 left it in because it was part of the story and that is really good i'm really uh, um happy that uh marvel left yeah. that in there but uh i don't know if all of that is is i don't i feel like i am not of the pedigree in order to like jump in and try to figure out what and what wasn't the problem when it comes to critical uh reception but it just something seems off right mm-hmm. and 
this thing is, this is like a collection. This is like an aggregate. This isn't like a voting machine in some rural county that somebody went in and hacked and changed the votes. Like, this is just a consciousness of critics that decided that they didn't like the movie. And I just can't see what was what would be so divisive in here yeah. from a filmmaking point of view, right? Did they just think like, oh, I'm not in it. I don't want to retain all of this information. This is yeah. just too much for me. What's the, you know, what's the point of view? Like, it's just, I am just surprised. Right. And especially all you can really do when you look at this is you try to look at comparable reviews, right? It's almost like when you're shopping for a house, when you're trying to find your house's value, you look for comps in the neighborhood. Well, what's the comps in the neighborhood for this movie? You know, if you're thinking comps by female directors that are superhero movies, you look at things like Wonder Woman 84 or Black Widow because they've come out recently. Or if you're thinking uh, maybe a multicultural story, maybe you look at Shang-Chi, which came out earlier. Yeah. And like all of those other things were rated positive. So I just it's shocking that this does not get just a positive over yeah. like even 50 percent recommendation. And I was honestly shocked because, like I said before, I think this is middle tier Marvel. I think they have room to improve. Yeah. I probably won't put this on well, a rewatching list anytime soon. I think maybe I even enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp more than this movie, but when I really give it a rotten rating, I, well, I don't so, think I could well, he, do he, that. He, Ron. Here's the thing. So if you said you give it a 50%, right? Two Rotten Tomatoes, that is that is rotten. Like you have to get like mm-hmm. a, a, a 60% or higher, which is you know, again is, is a flawed system. And you know, honestly, the discourse I've seen has kind of boiled down to um you know, there's a lot of characters. And I will even say, you know, there are times where you know you have ten people you have to move along. Like whenever they, they come back and rediscover Makari, uh, she's in the domo just and she's just been there the whole time, I guess, reading or hanging out in the ship. Um and I'm like well, everybody else got a little story about where they've been. She's been in the ship. So like, I know there are like definitely some concessions you have to make in a storytelling point when you're introducing 10 characters. However, mm-hmm. you know, as we're in spoilers, you know, they have slimmed that number down quite a bit um, by the end of this. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Uh-huh. I, I definitely um, did. So I, I'll tell you, I didn't think Icarus would be the bad guy at the end of this movie. I, I hundred mm-hmm. percent. He is always the, the steadfast, he, he they, they call him the arrow. Like, you point him at a problem and he will do it. But I did not see him mm-hmm. coming so far that that's like a flaw a little bit, if you will. Um, and coming to blows with the Eternals and, and you know, kind of doing that. So, I, I mean, that was interesting. I also didn't... I called this... Uh, I, I, I mentioned this offhand to a, a friend of the show, Brian. I was like, what if there's a celestial egg in the Earth... Uh, lo and behold, it was. Um, and they, you know, now we have to deal with a world where a celestial um, is like sticking out of the, the water and most of the earth. So I want to see how they handle that going forward. But, you know, there's there's definitely a lot more um, ambiance in this movie, if you will. Like, there are scenes where no one's talking. They're just like, you just feel the, for lack of a better word, chemistry in the air between the characters. Oh, but there's two or more of them, right? Like, there's, whether it's, you know, um, for, this is the first sex scene in a Marvel movie, right? So we got that. Is it sexual? <laughs> which, which, well, actually, which actually was kind of weird because uh, only because the row in front of me 
over to the right brought their like young kids to the movie and these kids are, are not ready to see that even though it was the most pg sex scene i had ever seen right yeah. uh not exactly a sultry but it's just like these are two adults that don't have shirts on that are like rubbing skin on the beach and i'm just like i wonder what these little kids in the row in front of us are thinking looking yeah. at the screen right now so i did find that uh, pretty yeah. humorous um but uh, this uh, this movie's bread and butter when it comes to uh, cinematic shots is the group shot, right? Yeah. Like how many uh, how many lineups did we see of all of these characters in a row? Even King uh, Ghost cameraman right? got in there a couple times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, well, exactly. To, I, well, I was gonna say to I, I me, was, I was like, how, yeah. Did they put X's on the ground? Like, okay, everybody just stand here so we can all see <laughs> their faces. Well, camera. I was I was in a I was in a marching band back in high school, and we learned when you're making formations, you know, you you stand relative to the people that are around you. So as long as the first person kind of gets it right, everybody else will kind of get it right. So maybe that's what they were doing yeah. out there on set. I, I thought some of the concepts. I was really interested in some of the concepts overall for the MCU moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. This was the first film where I felt like the average human on the sidewalk, you know, just walking down the street was kind of warming up to the idea that we don't live on a normal planet anymore. Like, I don't know if this was maybe the best uh, characterization of Jon Snow kind of learning that his girlfriend was like this weird eternal, like synthoid robot or from mm -hmm. space or whatever they actually are but he seemed to take it pretty well which seemed a little odd to me but i guess after half of the universe disappeared and then came back and then there's well, aliens and, and then now there's sorcerers and wizards i guess you just have to start thinking that the average person on the street is be. almost expecting something amazing to happen well, every time that they go it, out and get groceries. <laughs> and well, I will also say probably during that five years, you know, multiple alien invasions, right? Um, you know, uh -huh. uh, so they, Captain Marvel's out in space. So I assume they're, they're used to aliens, but also, you know, as we find out at the end of this movie, Dane Whitman has a family uh, legacy of his own. Uh, with Yeah. And that that little bit that little bit there felt a little taxed on, mm -hmm. um, so I wonder if we'll explore that because it, it almost seems like oh wow what a coincidence this man who has this past that turns him into the Black Knight he just happens to be dating a celestial so that felt a little coincidental that's, and I was like okay that, whatever <laughs> that's got that's got that's got base in the comics um, I'm not I'm not gonna fault it for that I we, I will say you did call it correctly. Um, the voice of Mahershala Ali himself as Blade for the first time. Uh, yeah, at, I at feel like I can't, I personally can't take full credit for knowing what it is because I heard the voice off a screen and I was like, who is that? It sounds familiar. I don't know who, who it is. It, it, it's ringing familiar. And then when I was walking out of the theater, I heard somebody say something along the lines of, oh yeah, they're making a Blade movie. And that's all I heard. And then as soon as I heard the word Blade, I, my mind connected to Mahershala Ali and I was like, oh, that was Mahershala Ali's voice right there. So yeah, well, it, that it, was cool. It was kind of vague because earlier in the film, Cersei was like, hey, you should, you know, reconnect with your, your uncle. Um, and his uncle, it was, you know, a, a previous wielder of the sword who knows like the evilness of the, the ebony blade, mm -hmm. like that consumed you. So I thought it was maybe it was going to be his uncle and we were going to find out who that was. They haven't cast him yet, yeah. but you know, as he gets close to death is, uh, my reward. And you can see the mm. venomesque looking lines on the sword. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, well, oh, all... they're going to, they're going to lean into the, the mystical side yeah. here with the ebony blade. Well, well also why we're on, uh, just, uh, vampires in, in general, they had the one offline. We're now vampires 
vampires have been, I guess, uttered twice in the MCU so far, once in Loki, mm-hmm. and then now we have Kingo saying that his assistant, when he first met him, tried to drive a stake through his heart because yeah. he thought he was a vampire. So now that they're just kind of casually saying vampire, I guess within the realms of this movie specifically, I've been trying to figure out when this Blade movie happens, will, will vampires be a brand new thing to planet Earth? And then Blade has to like rise up and uh, protect everybody from this new threat? Or are vampires going to be kind of like the classical um, kind of uh, definition of what a vampire has always been? And that's just been somebody that's been on the planet forever, Mm -hmm. you know, just stalking through history. And it kind of seems like maybe that's the direction they're going to go since people are kind of quoting them just historically, which is, I guess it's an interesting direction to go. So I guess maybe it's not a multiversal Mm. shift that's going to thrust vampires onto earth. Well, Uh, but that was, it was interesting to get that little tidbit to also that degree two DC references in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) One for Batman and one for Superman right out the gate. So that was, that was felt weird. Um, (laughs) That was like the weirdest part of the movie for me. I was like, I I know, I I know it's like a stunt thing, but this is interesting. Yeah, I think some people were reading into that part a little too much. They were trying to make think pieces or hot takes or, oh, what if will these two uh, worlds cross over? It's like, no, it's just a director that thought it would probably be fun to put these little tidbits in the movie. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. Or or the script and no one said, no, don't do it. So it's totally fine. Like, you know, they're, they're like... The thing about Marvel is they've always been like, this is stuff happening in your backyard. This is happening right outside your door. Um, so like, that's fine that, you know, people know who Superman are. We know who Batman is. We can, we can reference those. So, mm. um, I was very happy to see in this movie, every eternal had their own power. Um, that was unique to them a little bit. And, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, usually in the comic books they are all like, they all have the same powers, but like one's like a, a little more of a specialty, but this one, they're very much like, you know, Again, I don't know if they're synthoids or not, but they are definitely created beings. Um, each had a very unique gift that brought this team together, right? A little bit. Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, Icarus could fly and shoot lasers out of his eyes. Cersei could transmutate matter, um, organic matter, it looked like even, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, I, I didn't expect to actually see as much Angelina Jolie as we did. I thought she would probably um be kind of offed early on so i'm really glad to see Mm -hmm. that she lived and is staying through this uh universe a little bit uh i i did find her like the way she fought in that movie was very operatic balletic i I don't know the best word like she was doing really good with like you know her her battle style um that and then kingo at times felt like a dragon ball character uh, if I could be honest, do you see him like charge up like one of the blasts? Like, yeah, I was like, oh, he's gonna uh, do a Kamehameha, and uh, he did. So I was very happy to see them all have their own individual powers, and you can kind of tell what it was along the way. Um, and then um, one yeah. of one of the characters even gave up her, possibly gave up her powers. So. Yes, turned into a, a human to live out there on Earth. I wonder if maybe we'll see her pop up in a uh, Disney Plus series. Uh, who knows? I, I can. Uh, what, uh, I can see. So I think just just before we go there, I think since these there are like multiple bodies of these Eternals, I think they will might like come into contact with like another Eternal version of Sprite. But like that as a young actress, like even if you saw her in the red carpet, I'm like, oh, she she's grown up. This is supposed to be about last year. That actress could not play a little girl anymore. Um, she she outgrew, oh, yeah. that, she outgrew that role. 
So. Yeah, that that could be a possibility. Yeah, I was I was thinking I it, I've never seen it so on the nose stated in like a superhero movie where it's just like we don't age, we don't age. This is actually like a personality quirk for us. Yeah. Uh, we always look the same, and we have to do these things to move throughout the world because we've been here since like the dawn of man. Um, and then I started thinking, oh yeah, these actors will age eventually. I wonder what their plan is, and I never thought about it with that um, with that younger actress. Yeah. yeah, she will look pretty different a lot faster. Than a lot of these other characters. Well, I mean, they're all uh, celebrities, so they ha- all have access to that uh, that uh, expensive face cream that none of us could ever uh, and, afford, right? And Marvel's de aging <laughs> technology. That yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, well, t- uh, two things that I would say were the biggest uh, the biggest either question marks for me or disappointments in the film is first up, uh, Kingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, where were you for the final battle? I, I, I understand agree. he he was uh, he was standing up for his beliefs, didn't want to interfere. But usually that doesn't mean that they're just out right for the last battle. Like I really am curious what happened there in the script. Was this a strategical thing? And maybe for some reason, Kumail Nanjiani couldn't be there when they were filming that scene. Was it maybe supposed to make a broader point about maybe his character and in the future he will stay out of fights? But the thing is, he was still in plenty of fights, moving around, shooting all around. And even characters that were either opposed the uh, Aramis, Aramish, what was the big celestial thing again? Arishem, even those that were like opposing Arishem were like still out there. Even the ones that were for Arishem were there too. Yeah. So I was like, well, I, I feel like I- any of the side he could have landed on it, he could have at least been there, maybe even just on the ship monitoring it or something yeah. like that. But he just straight up left the movie for a while. So much to the point when he showed up again, it felt a little weird. I almost thought like, you know, the heroes that, you know, succeeded was just like, hey, Kingo, uh, you know, we did it. You, you have any opinions about, you know, us going against what you thought was right, even though you didn't want to hurt us. Yeah. So that just felt like a really odd omission, yep. 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 especially for my, I think my favorite character in the film, because I love Kumail Nanjiani. I just wanted to see more of him. I love his uh, his assistant running around with the camera and he always had extras of him ready to go. I thought that was we, a great bit. Right. We, we always talked about Lewis uh, uh, from Ant-Man doing exposition. Now, imagine not Johnny doing the exposition like through the video camera thing like he was doing throughout this show. Yeah. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, I'd watch it, some shorts like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just it was yep. just so strange just to kind of see him leave. So I'm really curious if there's a, a more of a production explanation for that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't I honestly I agree. When he showed up, I'm again I'm like, oh, but he was with Sprite. It looked Sprite was going off to school, so he was with Sprite and Cersei. Um so technically the three people who, you know, um were for Arishem would be Kingo, Sprite, and Icarus. Uh, and Icarus flew himself literally into the sun uh, <laughs> yeah. to kill himself. And, yeah, and who knows if he's if he's actually dead. We technically didn't see him die, yeah. though it's a Marvel PG-13 movie. It's not like they would show him melting, right? So I, I, well, I, I guess if there's a story later down the line and they wanted to bring him back, they could probably oh, find a way. He, but like you said, th- these things are these characters are like their forms, their bodies are literally created. They, so yeah, there could be they, another one out there. In, in the just just for a little basis, in the comic books on Earth, there's a there's a, a machine. Uh, the, the same name as that machine that brings them back to life after if they get mm. d- if they die or get you know uh, mortally wounded on Earth like they're not eternal because they can't take hits they're eternal because the machine literally break, keeps bringing them back to life with all their memories and stuff intact mm-hmm. so my assumption is just like there's multiple there's gonna be multiple like Cersei saw herself in that machine there's multiple Cerseis there's gonna be multiple 
um, you know, uh, Icarus, multiple, everybody. So there's literally a chance for people to come back. Now, um, you know, whose side will they be on? Will they have any of those memories that they, they, they went after there at the end, which is like literally mm-hmm. what feels like the second one? I don't know. But yes, I 100% um, agree. Anyone's on the table to come back. Selma Hayek even said she signed on for multiple movies, and she was the gotcha. first one to die. So. <laughs> yeah. I I think the biggest problem with this movie overall can be summed up with just one simple word and that's deviance. Mm-hmm. I think uh I think everything about the deviance in this movie could have been better from there even though I'm sure lots of really talented artists worked on the visual development for the deviance, I thought that the, in my opinion they could have looked a little bit better and I'm sure that they were just going off the you know the the creative director whoever else was in charge I'm sure there's lots of people that have to approve the visual look of, of a character in a movie like this I've just never been a big fan of like you know I don't want to say they're amorphous blob characters, they're sinewy, but they, like... but they just don't really have any shape or form. Like the only thing that I could think of is, I, I know this isn't really a common opinion, but I really loved the monsters that were in Shazam. Mm-hmm. Like they were just solid, solidified characters. Uh, I know some uh, people wish like that maybe gr- they those were are gray smoke monsters. I, well, man. that's what I was going to say. I, I know some people wish that they were like different colors or like they were defined a little bit more, but at least they were solid creatures, right? And I just didn't really like all of the tendrils and the things wiggling around. Uh, I wish they just would have been like a solid creature. Uh, but like, I really fell in love with this whole like cell saga from Dragon yeah. Ball Z within this deviant character. It's like slowly evolving, getting bigger and creating. And I thought we were building, building to something really, really cool. Either he was going to absorb Angelina Jolie and he was going to transform into like a character and maybe say his name. And it would be like a character from like the comic books that we had never seen before. Or they, maybe they would create a new like origin of a character like, oh, this character is now in the MCU but actually their origin is they're a deviant and they've finally like transformed and we know like Thanos is a is a deviant so I thought like maybe his next form he would well, get a little bit more chinny he's, he's a deviant, he's some of the a deviant gene but I don't know if they're yeah, gonna go but I, that, I don't know if they're gonna go that way with yeah, it yeah but I thought maybe we could get like a little yeah. visual s- similarity so I was like I was amped I was ready to go I was like all right what's the next form looking like how is this deviant gonna I almost thought the deviant was gonna help the Eternals at the end right, right. because they almost seem like a line they they hate they hated aramish because he's just like making deviants and eternals and like bit him against each other for like his uh almost his amusement it seemed like even though he was saying his reason was to create and expand the universe so uh, but then he just kind of gets uh chopped up into a couple different pieces and uh, the storyline is just over and i was like oh man this really feels like a sin i really wanted to get a lot more out of this character there could have been more developed here it was a bit of a bummer well and i agree with you and what's cool is you know the deviants again they have a purpose like you see them like you know like oh the eternals versus deviants all they're here for right we we get them again Mm -hmm. and they're back and and you know we see the one evolve literally into like you said like like cell from dragon one to a human form and what what sucks is you know the movie was written as they're they're essentially a red herring right like like oh mm-hmm. the eternals are here to fight the deviants well at the end of the day it's the eternals versus the eternals the whole movie is like the concept of what it is to be a god and do you yeah do you deny your maker and i agree with you i thought he was like oh i'm still gonna kill all you you know eternals and they were like but we all found out that we're all being played by the same person like it's not our fault we were told to kill you you were told to kill everybody here like you know we should i was hoping that he would like 
go to Angel. I'm like, we need to work together. I have, you know, still some of the Eternals, like, I, I guess, consciousness in me. Like, let's combine all of our powers and defeat this whole premise. So I, I agree with you. However, the script was written for them to literally be a red herring for us the whole way through. And, yeah. And that's kind and of And also, they're kind of, they're, uh, they're, the mechanical story process of them is also a little confusing because, okay, they are created to be like the apex predator uh, for the Eternals so like the humanity can keep evolving. But it was kind of strange at the very beginning that there was just bizarrely a fixed number of them all right as soon as we uh defeat this fixed numbers of deviants on the planet we can just chill we can just chill for a little bit but no accidentally a couple of them got frozen Mm -hmm. and then a few of them just kind of whipped out of the ice and now we got to like deal with them so like if if they have to be melted from the ice i feel like i needed a little bit more of an explanation why these ones were so special right well, why why did, this, why, why did these have the ability to absorb powers the one yeah, and none it, of them else did yeah exactly yeah. and but it does kind of lead to the other story point that i actually thought was really interesting the whole crux of the conflict right of like the greater good what is the greater good usually when we're telling the story from a planet-based perspective the greater good is the planet right we're going to yeah. do everything for the planet that's the greater good well, what happens? The greater good is a little bit bigger. Okay, well, not even the solar system anymore. The entire universe will cease to expand unless we can create more celestials because apparently they're just slap their hands together like they're tossing a pizza mm-hmm. and they're making more galaxies, right? So we got to keep making celestials. But what's the point? But well, yeah, what's the point of expanding if you always have to snuff out life right. just to expand it? Yeah. So I, I do like the, the greater kind of... Uh, ethical dilemma there but I honestly don't feel like I got enough of a like I don't feel like uh, Cersei and her squad won the debate yet though right I was waiting for more like uh, opposing arguments right of like they kept saying like oh it's a barbaric archaic outdated ideology I was like okay I'm on board okay, why is it outdated? What's what's the new kind of perspective? What are you saying? If, if we just let Earth flourish without being destroyed, like what's the upside of not creating another celestial? That's what I was looking for because I can't think of anything more important than the entire universe, right? Like what is more important than the universe that you live in? So I was kind of looking for some more oral arguments well, uh, from the side of those Eternals, and I didn't quite get it. So I was like, "What? okay, well, what's I, going on here? But I think that's okay. I think that, that leaves this film in the gray area. Like, you know, the Eternals, they are flawed characters at, at their core still. Like, you know, they are mm. not, they're not, the, they don't have all the answers. They don't have everything, but they're doing the best they can to destroy the Earth. Now, I will say the Celestial coming out of the, the, the Earth, that was a hell of a, a scale. So I loved looking at oh, the scale. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Let, yeah, let's talk skill for a second because yeah. that is one thing that I talked yep. about uh, the other week about this movie coming out. Of how are they going to deal with the scale of these Eternals? Uh, boy, and, they didn't hold back at all. <laughs> I, I, I love when they were doing the the kind of the one-on-one convo with uh, Aramish. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Do I keep getting it right? Arishim. Aramish? Ar- Arishim. Yeah. Um, so they, I, I love the kind of um, problem solving mm-hmm. they did on screen. They're like, okay how big can we make him until literally it doesn't uh, read as a face anymore? Okay, it's like, okay, well, let's stretch his eyeballs literally to the left and right of the frame. We can't make him any bigger or it's not even going to look like a head anymore. Tilt up and and fill the screen. Yeah, and and then it's like, okay, now keep shrinking, Cersei. Keep going, keep going. 
keep going. It's almost like when you're adjusting the the, the black levels on a video game yeah. where it says adjust until you can just barely read the text anymore. Yeah. And that's how tiny they made them. And I was like, okay, that's the best that you can do in a visual medium, right? Because yeah. I think even technically the celestials are even bigger than that. But you can't you can't make them any bigger, right? Or yeah. you can't literally you can't even see it on the screen anymore. So well, it, it, I, I kind of like the creative problem solving yeah. that they trained. And, and they, they, well, the, one of the things I enjoyed this like they started small, right? Like they 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 get the thing they, and they're talking as like the golden orb comes out, and then they just zoom out and they just keep zooming right the fuck out until you're <laughs> like, oh, there it is. Uh, and and on top of that. When it's coming out of the background, like it, it felt like watching Rogue One, if I'm going to be honest, a little bit with like some of the scale, like the Death Star stuff. Like, oh, when with it's like the de- out, yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. like when it's coming out of the water and you see, like I was like, oh, that's that's the whole body, that's not it, and they're like, oh, that's a finger, like that's not the whole guy, that's just a, <laughs> yeah. a finger. And then yeah, I I I really love that wide shot of the water there where yeah. you just saw like all five fingertips poking out and like you could go, you could just barely see the hand start to, I was like that is a cool visual that's great that's some yeah. great concept and, art that they that they did to make that and then they went the, the they went to the step I didn't think they'd do this is right out of Neil Gaiman and um John Romita Jr's Eternals where Arisham literally mm. just shows up at earth in like a fucking instant just pops in oh my god and then everyone imagine earth sees this and you're like oh god how terrifying it is to live on the MCU earth oh yeah like not like you you just got your you just got your girlfriend back from the blip you're trying to get your life back on track uh you think you've survived all the alien um encounters that you can maybe even you you lived outside of new jersey and you were mind controlled by uh, a witch for a couple of weeks or a month or whatever then then you move into new york and you're like oh okay this is fine and the universe merges and then i yeah like i'm gonna start fresh i'm gonna move to london and then this uh creature comes out of the water and then just when you think these new super people show up that protect you a week later a giant face appears in the freaking sky and you're just like why am I on this planet anymore? Wow! So, so what? Uh, what a what a trip! <laughs> I loved it because that, that that scene that layout is exactly from there, and and they just take them and it shows the powers of the Celestials, right? Like they're not to be fucked with a little bit. Because I thought mm-hmm. they were gonna pull a fake. Uh, they were a fake out. The, the Celestials weren't real, and like mm-hmm. the the Eternals were just being lied to or something like that. I, like I was like, I can mm-hmm. easily see them doing this, like uh, just to, to save face, but they didn't. They actually they actually pulled the trigger on that gun. But, like, I kept thinking of Rick and Morty, show me what you got. Like, the, the big <laughs> floating head, like, just shows up and everyone's, like, you know, like, bowing to it and, like, the whole thing. Yeah. So, I, I, I that, that was really, really fun to actually see them pull this chain on Celestials and show several of them. They showed three or four of them kind of out there making making stuff as well. So, yeah. But it sucks you, because you know, it's, it's like a little tease because you're like, okay, now where the fuck is everybody? Mm-hmm. And uh, then we get the Domo left the Earth. Like, the Celestials come... Or the, the Eternals split into two groups, right? Like, you have the Earth ones and mm-hmm. the, the space-faring ones, which was was Druig, uh, Makari, and... Druig is normally the evil one, by the way. That was the other, like, surprise. Cause I'm like, yeah, oh, he had he had bad vibes the whole movie. I was yeah. like, oh, he's turning on everybody for sure, and then he didn't happen. I was like, oh, he, maybe he's working with the Deviants, or he is, like you know, controlling the, the, the deviance at the end. Of, but, like, no, mm-hmm. he was actually the good guy. I'm like, this is great. They actually spun what I thought was going to be happy and turned it on his head. But, you know, then we get the reveal, and I I was like, oh, my God, is that Patton Oswalt's voice? And I waited and waited, and it was Patton Oswalt's voice. <laughs> uh, Pip the Troll introducing us to Thanos' brother himself, an Eternal called Eros, <laughs> also known as Star Fox. 
And this is where my obliviousness to this side of Marvel <laughs> comes in. And this was this was really funny because um, a Harry Styles uh, walks out of the shadows. And I only know it's Harry Styles now because I did some Googling yeah. because I'm not familiar with One Direction. I don't know if Harry Styles, uh, what his acting career is like. Nin- but I face blind. I, think, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm face blind to the kid. I don't know what he looks like. So... When he comes out of the shadows and he's like, oh, my name's Star Fox, I hear like more than a few voices in my theater going, oh, gasp, oh, wow. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. There is not enough like Eternals fans in this Saturday morning audience that knows who this character is. What is going on? I don't know who this is at all. And I'm not saying like I'm the orbiter of knowing what is or isn't, but I'm like, there's no way this many people in the audience know who this is. And I was like, oh, when I looked it up after the movie, I was like, oh, they were gasping because it was Harry Styles. So So, I didn't know any of I didn't know any parts of this equation that created this character. So so let's go ahead and, and, and just check this out. Pip the Troll and Eros have nothing to do with the Eternals in the comic books they are absolutely have nothing to do with them eros um i'm gonna call him star fox because that's much easier Mm -hmm. but they're probably not gonna call him star fox because of nintendo um star (laughs) fox is thanos's brother who was on the avengers for several decades in like the 70s and 80s um and pip uh the troll is known for his relationship to thanos and adam warlock in the comic books so like this whole like cosmic universe there's a there's a, a series called um uh, annihilation and annihilation conquest pip the troll gamora adam warlock they deal with the infinity gauntlet the silver surfer all this other bullshit and it's very <laughs> very cosmic so i believe they're setting up some huge stuff with adam warlock and you know pip the troll and and star fox and all this other stuff that i think i mean i feel in it's either annihilus and they're, and they're going to do this Annihilation uh, comic book series, which was referenced heavily in the Guardians of the Galaxy game that I just played, or um, lean back into uh, Galac- Galactus. I about to say Galaxia. Galactus uh, is coming, and this is the, the, the precursor for it. Like, we're getting yeah, ready for that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I feel like if you needed a if you needed like a, a testing ground and a proving ground of scale with a character, you know, you bring in the Celestials mm-hmm. and then uh, Galactus, and I wonder if they'll. I feel like you got you got to weave Fantastic Four into into that. Uh, yeah, into uh, so, that well, in some aspect. Silver Surfer was uh, was big into uh, the Infinity Watch and Infinity yeah. Crusade, honestly, so. I was I was. I was hoping there was going to... I thought it wasn't going to be uh, Star Fox or Harry Styles. I thought, it was like, fucking Silver Surfer was about to walk down the hallway and I was going to lose my shit because that would be, like, a huge announcement, right? That would be big. That would be internet-breaking right there. Yeah. But um, who knows, mired in the critical reception of this movie, maybe it would have been muddied overall. Uh, but it is crazy how these characters of the Eternals were so yeah. earthbound, right, for this whole movie, like, literally, like, Mesopotamia, Babylon, right? Mm-hmm. They have just been here, boots on the ground, like, getting in it with humanity, and then all of a sudden, at the end of the movie, these are all cosmic characters now. It seems like their next adventure will be in the stars in different planets, which I think will be kind of interesting, right? Because uh, they're unique on planet Earth, right? They have all of these different powers and quirks and everything, but out in space, I mean... Uh, they they are just uh, almost the most normal looking things out there. You got like green aliens and all that uh, and all that going on. So um, yeah, I'm curious what their cosmic adventure is going to look like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is so. This is kind of like the the tightrope that uh, Marvel is now walking even more than they have in the past. You have uh, an Earth story to tell, and then you have this cosmic story to tell, yeah. and uh, how 
what is the best ways best way for them but, across paths because i i feel like at the end of the day the the, the biggest kind of take home that i'm getting is earth seems to be very special yeah. it seems to be more special than any other planet out there in the galaxy or the universe and i'm okay with that right i mean logically in our real world we don't we have no idea if earth is special or not because there's billions and billions and billions of stars and planets out there i'm sure there are this earth is a dime a dozen and there's probably another earth out there doing it a lot better than we are but it seems like Mars at least low. within Mars the M- <laughs> but at least it seems within the MCU we seem to be special or unique in some way. We seem to be courting all of this extra attention here on Earth, and I'm curious if that will be addressed at some point in time. Because like why, like I feel like there's got to be like some sort of like um, I don't know like cosmic judge or uh, cosmic council or there you know, law enforcement that's just like the living tribunal why, like, wh- yeah. like why does earth keep popping up on our rap sheet you know billions of planets out there why is this one blue marble like keep uh, sending us like notifications like what is going on here and I'd love that to be addressed because that, that almost makes our earthbound heroes even more special right mm-hmm. that makes Captain America and Iron Man more special than any other place because maybe all these other planets even though they might be more homogeneous and there might be more technologically advanced like they just don't quite have like the the undescribable like heart and desire and passion that maybe human beings have so i kind of like that and that's you know that's kind of the nice thing we've never met another alien out there in the world so we you know us earthlings who make movies yeah we can be as privileged as we want as humans and think that we're the most special things in the galaxy because no one out there beyond our planet has proven any any otherwise so it's kind of fun to think like oh yeah we're nice and special earth because we're cool well that that you literally have you've literally said up how they're setting up the sequel for this right like they are literally going back with Arisham to share their memories of this planet to prove why it is special and why it should be saved uh, mm-hmm. so uh, I think that'll be heavily covered I everyone's like oh this movie you know isn't going to make enough money to do the sequel it's got 71 million domestic 161 million worldwide um, opening weekend and that's not including the countries that refuse to play it I feel Marvel has a pretty safe uh, bet on their hands. Um, like you said, he, uh, Kevin Feige, he's looking at the audience. He's looking at the movie ticket sales. He's probably listening to critics' feedback. Totally get it. Um, I, I, I feel pretty confident these characters will show up again, um, and you know, uh, and we'll, and we'll be we'll be revisiting but, it and seeing what that that story looks like. There. Yeah, but I mean, unfortunately, there is a mark in the sand now that will never go away. This is the first Marvel movie out of the MCU that has gotten an official Rotten uh, rating from Rotten Tomatoes. And of course, every studio either loves Rotten Tomatoes or hates Rotten Tomatoes, right? You know, Disney Marvel probably never really had a big problem with Rotten Tomatoes until until now. And then now we'll probably eventually get a, a Disney executive, you know, on record or off record saying like, oh, Rotten Tomatoes sucks. I can't believe they gave us a rotten. But it's like, well, where were you about the whole system when you're getting all of these fresh ratings? So this will always be the one green splat. You know, when you see that nice little fan graphic where they put all of the movie posters in a grid and line it up against the Rotten Tomato scores, there's going to be yeah. just that one green there all the time. And it's just so strange that now that's going to be mired with this movie. And uh, it, yes, I know what you're saying. You might be saying like, oh, Mike, don't worry about rating so much. Let yourself enjoy a movie. And, and I am, right? But like you can't be, you can't not be an active person on the internet and, and just like avoid these comparisons and see them 
all the time now. So now forever, the Eternals yeah. will be in conversation we, with this rating it received from Rotten Tomato. And I'm not even saying like, this isn't a top tier. This is not a tier Marvel. This is like mid to lower tier. And I think that's fine. That's okay. I still had a, a you know an overall positive time with the movie, but it is strange. Now we finally reached our first rotten marvel movie mm-hmm. and um which is i, I don't it, know if this is going to be a, like i don't know if this is going to be a trend <laughs> like have critics finally had it i don't i don't know what's well, going on I, I i i i'm gonna have to say like this is like one of the stupidest things i've ever seen because like literally if you line up all the movies and watch them in a row this is not the worst one so like how like what how does um i guess rotten tomatoes is the problem that it doesn't um it has no attrition over time, if you will. Like people don't go back and revisit the reviews, right? So like mm-hmm. people are like, Oh my god, I love Thor the Dark World or I love the Incredible Hulk. You're like you think that's better than this now? Like like what why this this scale doesn't move once it's set on day one or the first weekend. And and that's really I wouldn't say it's unfair. I mean it's just a flawed system at the end of the day, right? Because there are like we've come so far we've had really really good movies and i think that's what makes this one feel you know if you compare it to something really really good that makes it feel like more of a letdown but like at the same time like yeah there were other entries in here that are much more uh offensive uh or much more (laughs) there are a lot more flaws in 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 terms of how they made their films and like the stories they're telling and the characters and the writing like they shouldn't be held higher now. And it's just weird to like, think that nobody ever goes back and re-reviews their things and changes their score. So if you Mm -hmm. thought something like, yeah, I thought the incredible Hulk was good. Well, do you remember 2008 when we had X-Men origins Wolverine and like, we just came (laughs) off of Electra's solo movie. Like, yeah, movies sucked back then. And that probably felt good. But if you look at like where it is now, like, no, that is not a good time to go back and revisit those things because, you Mm -hmm. know, we even have a different actor. The, there's uh you know a lot of uh you know character flaws writing flaws stuff like that so yeah i i don't i think when you look at it like that it's just it's it sucks people are gonna jump on that and grab on that but like there are literally you know so many flaws in a rating system and so much um ob- subjectivity to that like you can't you can't let that d- dictate what you're going to enjoy and what you're not going to enjoy at the end of the day because it's yeah. it's going to be different everyone has different tastes me and mike have experienced yeah. different tastes on this show several times yeah if the if the movie itself uh, proved it, uh, humans. What did they say? Humans are flawed, and that's what makes them human. Yeah. So that means uh, critics are humans indeed, and that's what makes them human, because uh, you can't always just um, hold yourself to the same standard. Because I guess you you move and grow, and I guess possibly just kind of get you know maybe exhausted with certain kind of content over time. Because there's critics out there like that. We said. Um, disliked wonder woman 1984 liked black widow but then disliked the eternals it's just like how like how do you even get an idea of what kind of content that critics likes but um yeah what is what is the mo- like, like yeah literally what is it in the moment what does it was it make you make you feel is yeah is where that yeah comes and from. i yeah, and I only use those examples uh, just because that's what the discourse I, has been saying out there. Well, uh, so well, I mean, my, <laughs> my other ones is like you know everyone's comparing this like they're like oh, Chloe Zhao and, and you know this is not Nomadland. I'm like no shit, it's not Nomadland. This is a Marvel movie. It has to hit certain yeah. beats to be in a superhero yeah. film. Yeah, so. and she weirdly enough has an Academy Award to kind of defend herself with, right? You know. You oh, can't yeah. say that she's not talented for sure. She, she is. I mean, I've seen her interviews uh, this week and stuff, and she is not unapologetic. She's like, I made the movie I wanted to make, and if you don't like it, that's not mm-hmm. my fault. So, 
Um, that's <laughs> yeah. She'll keep get, she'll keep good. getting work. <laughs> I I do. I, I before we forget. I, I before we end. I do want to go back to the beginning of the movie because now I look for all the new scenes they add to the intro, the Marvel spinning intro, and I did see Shang Chi uh-huh. in it this time around. I'm like, oh okay. I'm like, ooh, are they going to start adding the Disney Plus shows into that intro or what? So I'm I'm going to keep my eye out for those. I think that's a it's like a little fun way to keep me keep me on the edge of my seat early on. I'm like, where, where's it going to be? What's the what's the new frame and panel we're going to see in this uh mm-hmm. this opening logo because they cover so many movies in there and, the, and they're good so anything else you want to add to that mike man it felt like a felt like an a, an eternity waiting to see this movie uh it's finally checked yeah. off of the list uh next up is spider-man yes. no way home yep. i feel like the stakes are going to be much smaller but actually weirdly enough as we saw in marvel's what if much the only thing bigger than the universe is the multiverse yeah. so i don't know maybe spider-man will have larger stakes than the eternals yeah. uh we shall see but uh stay tuned stay subscribed we're here every week recording news yeah. um stay tuned next week for sure disney disney plus day is uh this coming friday we're gonna have tons to talk about next week and then also stay subscribed for that uh spider-man, Spider-Man. review coming out next yeah that'll be next um uh, I had something and I lost it, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, oh, oh <laughs> this will be out on Disney Plus in 45 days. I think since Shang-Chi, they're all 45 days from release. So mm-hmm. um, you'll be able to to watch this by Christmas, uh, by the time Spider-Man comes out, actually, if you want to. Which, you know, you don't have to watch this one to watch Spider-Man by any means. I don't think they'll reference each other. But if they do, I'll be very impressed. Um, Mike, people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? They can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, uh, where can they find you? Find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87, or here every week on the Superhero Slate News Podcast. If people want to know more about the show, our regular scheduled uh, episodes that we're about to record, where can they find all that at? Oh, they can find that so easily at SuperheroSlate.com. That is the HQ for this podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. Uh, go click on our upcoming release calendar if you want to see a release of all the movies coming up. Uh, we are definitely going to be updating that, I feel like, on Friday after Disney Plus streaming day. But it's just a nice text-based list. No advertisements, no pop-ups. Just a nice, informative sheet of when all of the stuff that we love to watch is coming out. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Please reach out. What side are you on this movie? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you are more than likely the audience side of the score on Rotten Tomatoes. So there's a good chance that you enjoyed this movie. Uh, But you know what? It's not a big deal if you didn't like this movie either, because what I always try to remind myself, at the end of the day, it's just a movie. (laughs) You know, there's other things to worry about, like paying bills at the end of the day. So try not to get caught up in it too much. I feel like there's some Zack Snyder fans that could probably (laughs) take that to heart a little bit more than maybe some other people. I just love how every time we review a movie, I always work Zack Snyder in there. You do, somehow. (laughs) Somehow. Uh, But please reach out. Let us know what you thought about the film and if you want to be a super fan of the show all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy we'll be here every week folks that's right we'll catch you next week see you on the flippity thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe